You're listening to What Do Scientists Do? A show where I talk to a different guest each week, and they teach us all about their favorite science topic. Along with each episode, we will also be posting activities that you can do at home. You can find those at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do, or at scientists do pod on Twitter and Instagram. My name is Jessica, and today I interview Jay Lowe, who teaches us all about sharks. How do we study them? Are they as dangerous as the movies make them seem? Let's find out. Hey everybody, I'm joined by Jay today. Jay, how are you? I'm good. I woke up an hour ago. How are you? I'm good. So for anybody listening, Jay is actually my roommate, so we finally get to film in person today. So Jay, what's your name? Kind of gave it away. And what are your pronouns? My name is Jay. My pronouns are she, they. Cool. So, what are you going to teach us about today? Today, Jess is asking me to talk about sharks. Yes, Jay is a shark person and has done a lot of very cool shark things. Um, so, Jay, how do we study sharks? So, there are a lot of ways to study sharks. Um, they are, up until very recently, they were very difficult to study. We studied them mostly through... Um, either fishermen telling us that they saw them or got some photos, or if a dead shark body washed up on shore, we could do necropsies of them and check and cut them open and see what they've been eating, um, maybe the areas that they've been in. But more recently, we started using something called telemetry, which is a more real-time way of tracking sharks and their movements because one of the hardest things about studying sharks is a lot of them are very open ocean large migration animals so they're very hard to keep track of because they travel all around the world um so how telemetry works um, is we put a tag on them that will emit some kind of signal and then we have a receiver that can pick up those signals and give us some data points on where they are Cool. So that's when you hear about like tagging animals, right? When you hear about going out to tag? Yeah. That's telemetry is the yeah. science word for it. Yeah. Cool. Um, and have you ever gotten to do any of that telemetry yourself? Yeah. So um, in the summer, I actually did a summer school course that had a lot to do with sharks. And we had a field trip where we actually got to go out in a boat And we got to do some shark fishing where we got to put some tags on. We did some surgical tags where we just did a small little surgical incision in their abdomen. And we put a small acoustic tag in them. And then we stitched them back up and put them back in the water. Um, None of them were harmed. We didn't keep any of them. They all survived. Um, And I actually have a funny story about that. (laughs) Yeah, go for Um, it. (laughs) So... Um, we were probably around our like sixth shark that day and we had the radio going because in between sharks, like you kind of have some downtime and we were listening to some music. Um, and then we caught a shark on our line and as we were pulling in this shark, um, we pulled it in and we all realized kind of at the same time that the song Roxanne by the police was playing on the radio. So as a joke, we were all like, oh, let's name this shark Roxanne. And so we wrote in our field notes and everything that this tag number for that specific shark was for this shark that we named Roxanne because of the song playing on the radio. 
And then a few months later, a different group were out in that same area doing shark tagging and they had reeled in that shark that we already caught. Um, they identified the tag number. And one of my friends that was on that trip doing that tagging was telling me how that exact same song was still playing on the radio as they pulled it in. So we learned that Roxanne only comes to the boat when her song is playing. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. So not only um, did you catch the same shark twice, which does that happen very often? No, no. So that's a pretty rare thing in and of itself. The same song was playing on the radio and you caught it both times. Yeah. That is absolutely wild. <laughs> that is such a funny coincidence. Um, and these sharks that you were tagging, what kind of sharks were you tagging? For that trip, we were tagging blue sharks, and they were specifically juvenile blue sharks, just because of the time of the year. Um, so juvenile means young, right? Like they yeah, were like so they're not. Yeah, they're they're teenagers. They're not children, but they're not quite adults yet. Okay, cool. And blue sharks. How do those compare to? Um, other types of sharks are they really are they a really big type of shark are they blue sharks aren't quite as big as white sharks which we also do get off the east coast um but they do get bigger especially adults um than some of the smaller sharks we have so probably in the middle there okay so how how big are we talking like um three feet four feet as the size of a kid the size of an adult (laughs) Um, because we mostly get juveniles off of our coast, um, I want to say anywhere between five and six feet. So that's still quite a big fish. It is a big fish, and, like, you definitely feel it when you're reeling it in on a fishing rod, and you pick it up, and you're like, this is, this is kind of bigger than me. Um, but (laughs) still nowhere as large as, like, a white shark can get. Future Jessica here. In case you were wondering, great white sharks can get as long as 20 feet though they're usually between 11 and 16 feet long. That's still more than double what most of those blue sharks were. Are there white sharks off of the coast of Nova Scotia? Yes, so we do get uh, great white sharks off the coast of Nova Scotia. They come in in the summertime because they're one of the sharks that do longer migrations, and they come up when our east coast waters are a little bit warmer. And so... I'm actually doing an honors project that is looking at white sharks um, on the east coast of uh, Canada, actually near the Bay of Fundy, where I'm also using telemetry. Um, In this case, we're using acoustic telemetry. So we have different organizations that do the tagging off the east coast, and they put um, tags on them that actually emit sounds. And then we have receivers all around the Bay of Fundy that pick up on those sounds when the sharks swim by them or close enough to them. And so my honors project is kind of looking at their movement and their distribution around the Bay of Fundy using those tags that other people put on them. Cool. So yeah, so you get to go in and you don't have to go out and tag every single shark yourself. You just get to see um, where other people have tagged sharks and you get to use that information to see where they are and if there's like changes and where they're going and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And then we get to use that data to kind of infer other things about the ecosystem. Um, And so one of the biggest things with studying sharks and using things like telemetry is Um, one of the most important things is sharing data with other people, um, which is 
slowly becoming a bigger thing. Um. <laughs> yeah, because it would be hard if sharks are going all around the world and people are tagging them all over the world and getting information. Exactly. And having that information in all different places would be make it super hard to actually learn anything. Yeah, so we're learning that we can learn more from those animals if we share our data with other people. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite shark? Um, I love all sharks. I have to say that first. Um, but my absolute favorite at the moment is the Greenland shark. I think it is by far one of the coolest sharks out there. It's very different than what people think about when they think about like sharks. They often think about the big, scary, great white sharks that can jump out of the water and catch a seal in midair. Um, Greenland sharks are actually a species of deep water sharks um, that live in very, very cold waters. So we have some in Quebec and we have some in the Arctic and they live very, very deep down and they're honestly kind of ugly looking sharks <laughs> um they move very very slowly um they have a very um negative relationship with a parasite um of a tiny microorganism called a copepod which uh, attaches to their eyes and essentially makes them blind okay so they're deep water slow moving blind sharks <laughs> So all the sharks have this um, little parasite creature that just lives in their eyes and makes it so that they can't see? So not all of them, um, but the majority of them, and it definitely depends where in the world you're looking at it, but certain areas um, and sites where they live, it is almost like 90% of the sharks, they're just blind. Um, but they don't seem um, bothered by it, and they, they don't seem disadvantaged by it they can still hunt they still eat um they just can't see they have to rely on other senses so what kinds of other senses would they be using because i know that sharks can do things a little differently yeah um sharks have a really great sense of smell but they also have something called um the ampullae of lorenzini Wow. Ampullae of lorenzini big big word basically all it is it's tiny little pits kind of around their snout in their mouth and they have they're filled with a little bit of jelly substance and they can sense electricity through them cool yeah so every organism every living thing emits a tiny very very weak electrical pulse um and they can actually sense that cool so it's kind of like they have a sixth sense yeah they kind of almost have seven they, what? What's <laughs> the seventh? Wait, no, I need to know what the well, seventh is. I haven't heard of this one well, before. Well, they're like, fish in general have a lateral line in which they can sense um, movement and vibrations and like mm. shifts in the water. So if there is um, like a, a seal that's wounded and flailing in the water, they can sense those electrical charges through the ampullae of Lorenzini, but they can also sense the shifts and changes in the water um, mm. through that lateral line. So you can sense the electrical field being coming off of pretty much anything that's alive, and they can also sense how it's moving in the water. Yeah. And is that only when they're right near it, or can they do that from far away? Um, different senses and different species have different ranges, but it's usually pretty far for wow. electricity. Cool. Yeah. 
Well, I did not know that. So sharks have seven senses, basically. Unless you're the Greenland shark and you can't see. Unless you can't see. And then you yeah. go back down to sit. Yes. And there are definitely some species that, like, can see really well and rely on vision. Um, and others that, like, not so much just can't see very well. So they'll rely on other things. That's super cool. I didn't know that. Do you have any other favorite shark facts or things you'd like to say about the Greenland shark? Um, I have a brain full of a lot of shark facts. <laughs> One of my favorite ones to say, because it makes the uh, fierce shark predators seem a little less scary, is they kind of have a blind spot um, where actually when they go for that big bite, a lot of the times they actually just miss, like completely. <laughs> They'll just completely miss um, because the way that their eyes are set, um, they're set on either side of the head. So right in front of their mouth and right in front of their nose, they actually can't see that area. So they'll focus in on a prey, swim towards it and try and get to it. But the second they actually get very close to it, they can't see it anymore. So when they open their mouth to make that big bite, they miss. That's really funny. (laughs) So the ocean's just full of sharks like... Most of the time when they try to eat something, just biting at the water, all the thing yeah. swims away. Yeah. That is really funny. Even, like, the the scariest, biggest, like, 11-foot-long great white shark yeah. um, is probably missing at things. Absolutely. Does that mean that when, because we, lots of people may have seen that video from, I think it's Planet Earth of the great white shark, um, jumping really high out of the water and catching the seal. Yeah. Do they jump and miss? Sometimes they jump and miss, absolutely, yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I think it's funny because it makes the big scary predator just a little bit less scary and a little more goofy. Yeah, that, that, I, I really like that fact. Um, I guess you've gotten to actually get closer to sharks than probably most people have. What, are, what is that like? What do sharks feel like? What are they? Yeah. Um, um, the first time I saw a shark in the water in real life and not like at an aquarium or through a picture, or through a video, it was, it was super, super cool. They actually look very peaceful swimming in the water. Um, and then when you reel them in, I learned that sharks actually feel kind of like wet sandpaper. Hmm. Um, they look, at least to me, they looked very smooth and how maybe they could, because that wet look, they look shiny and smooth. But if you actually put your hand against them, if you rub your hand from tail to head in the opposite direction it actually is very very rough and that's because they have scales that actually have little teeth on the end of them you can't see them with the naked eye you would have to use something like a microscope to see them because it's so little but because of those tiny little teeth on the end of the of those scales um they're called placoid scales um when you run your hand across, you actually feel those tiny little teeth and it feels like wet sandpaper. That's not the case with like other types of fish necessarily. No, no. It it definitely depends on what kind of scales they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so other fish don't have scales like those. Placoid scales are only for um, shark skates and rays, but other fish have different scales, so they don't feel the same. Cool. Yeah. Is there one thing that you think that everybody should know about sharks? Even if they're not listening to this episode, um, what would you want our listeners to go tell people about sharks? 
Um, I think the most important thing when doing shark research and just talking about sharks in general is that they're not actually super dangerous, scary predators. I get a lot of people who were worried about me when I said I was going to do some shark tagging and interact with sharks because they thought I was going to get bit or it was going to try and eat me. Um, they're not actually super, super dangerous animals and they won't go out of their way to bite you. They don't react to blood like movies make it seem. Um, like movies like Jaws and stuff actually were very damaging um, because what happens when people think they're dangerous, they'll go out and actually try and get rid of them um, and that's very damaging for the environment. Um, so our goal as a scientist is to try and figure out how we want to help so the most important thing to always remember is that they're not dangerous um, at all, actually. And if you just respect them um, from a distance, um, then you shouldn't get hurt. So what does respecting them look like? What can we do to um, help respect sharks and kind of help sharks out? I would say that in general, um, unless you're going out of your way to find a shark, you, you won't be coming across a shark um, just swimming at the beach and stuff. Um, but if you ever are in a scenario where you come across a shark in the water or you're in a boat, just give them a distance. Um, don't bother them. Don't touch them. Don't try and throw rocks at them. Don't try and fish them. Um, just leave them alone. That's really all you have to do. You can look at them from a distance. You can admire them. You can take some photos or some videos. But um, just not interacting with them and letting them continue on with their day, honestly, is the best thing to do. Cool. And if you don't bother them for the most part, they shouldn't bother you. Nope. Not at all. Thank you so much, Jay. And a big thank you to everybody listening. For more shark fun, you can check out our at-home learning activity at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do. Or you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at scientistsdopod. That's also where we'll be announcing our guests for each episode. So if you have a question about anything from microwaves to megalodons, you can tag us on Twitter or send us an email at whatdoscientistsdo at superstaff.ca. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now! This podcast was made by Supernova at Dalhousie University, a network member of Actua. For more information on our summer camps, workshops, and more, check out supernova.dal.ca.